Amen. Thank you. You could be seated. Appreciate you being here tonight. And, uh, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Which do you want to hear first? The good news is this weekend we'll have all of our grandkids with us from both sides, all four on one side, all three on the other. Uh, the bad news is they're going to be with us Sunday morning in Sunday school. So there'll be a lot of holy terror. Amen. Yeah, I can say that. I'm excited for that. to get to be with us. All of them get to be with us. and Looking forward to that. Matt and Maren's coming up this weekend. Amen. We're looking forward to that. Uh, we are actually having our Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Happy 4th of July. <laughs> amen. 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 Everybody's schedule so crazy. All right. Kids Quest. I remembered. Get out. Kids Quest, you are dismissed. Amen. 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 I want you to watch this here in about 30 seconds or so. Let's go. Get them out of here. You're in my time now. Hear that? It's getting quieter by the second. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glad to be standing before you tonight. Amen. The word of the Lord is amen. very, very, very promising tonight. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, if you'll grab your Bibles and go there. Matthew chapter 8. Uh, still continue this month here. Uh, in Bible study talking about inspiration. Inspiration. How many like to be inspired? I like, it. I like to be inspired. I like it when people inspire me. Uh, amen. Makes me feel good. And I love to see people inspired. Makes me feel well as well. So Matthew chapter 8, we're going to read verses 5 through 13. Uh, I've got some other good news. Uh, we are going to have vacation Bible school this year. Amen. June 7th, 8th, and 9th. Come on, put your hands together. Amen. And those of you that have kids, say babysitter. <laughs> we'll take it. So we want to start promoting that. Amen. Get the word around neighborhood kids, all that stuff. Amen. We want to get that promoted. Uh, Sister Horner, amen, is going to oversee that. She's rounding up her crew to get things together. Uh, how many's ever heard? I think this is the theme, right? How many's ever heard of Mario? Oh, Tiffany, put your hand down. You ain't heard of Mario. Mario. That's I don't know. And uh, I've been asked to be the mascot, so somebody tell me what that means. I need a mustache? Oh, okay. Mario, all right. So 7th, 8th, and 9th, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in June. So we're looking forward to that. Glad to have Vacation Bible School this year. Uh, amen. So thankful for that. And uh, get the word around. 
Uh, we're going to work out some logistics. If you need the forms to get filled out, uh, get with Sister Rex and Sister uh, Horner, and we'll make sure that you get those. Matthew chapter 8, we're going to pick up verse number 5. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5. Very familiar in the scripture that we've probably heard over and over, but I want to uh, use this tonight to launch our inspiration. When Jesus, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there, I, used, I remember when I first started praying, I said Capernaum. Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of palsy, grievous and tormented. Verse 7, Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. How many like to hear those words? I will come and hear him. But the centurions answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And I, to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Verse 10, but when Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he, said to, and he said unto them that followed, Verily, verily, truly I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many, somebody shout many, many shall come from the east and from the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into out what but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of the teeth jesus said unto the centurion go thy way as thou hast believed so be it done unto thee and his servant went and his servant was healed in the self same hour going back up to verse number 8 just the simple phrase that was spoken, I am not worthy. Say it with me. I am not worthy. Thank you. You could be seated. Tonight I want to talk about God's sovereignty. The sovereignty of God. He's sovereign. Uh, there, there, there's nothing about God that's weak. There's nothing about God, amen, that's not sovereign. We'll talk about that tonight. Because I feel like knowing and understanding the sovereignty of God uh, is inspirational. It's, it's something we should, we should be inspired by. You don't hear it said that way much. But probably one of the greatest, and let me say it this way, one of the greatest examples of faith recorded in the Gospels we just read. One of the greatest examples of faith. And Jesus used that example to let them know. And when he, when he ties Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's talking specifically to the people of Israel. Amen. And they understand that. They know that. <laughs> but one of the best examples that's recorded in our Gospels shows us, amen, that the Lord says, listen, faith works at a distance. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. That went over like a Chinese spy balloon. No. Faith can operate at a distance. How many believe that? Not because what we do, but because God is sovereign. He is, and we'll talk about that. Because the simple act or belief uh, of just speaking the word, Jesus could heal. 
Notice what this officer, notice what this officer, notice what this interior, what he's saying. He says, listen, you don't need to come to my, I don't feel worthy. He said, but I want you to know, I believe that if you'll just say the word. Come on, church. Oh, if we could just get that tonight. If we could just get that amongst ourselves as Holy Ghost filled people. Knowing that, God, if you'll just say it. If you'll just speak the word. That's all that's necessary. Man, we've got things today laying to, lying out to where it's just got to be A, B, C, and D. People's got to, amen, anoint you with oil, drill your head into the ground. Speak a hundred prophetic words over you. God's going to do this. God's going to, listen, God can speak the word and you're healed. I don't care whether you're sitting here or you're watching or you're listening. I don't care where you're at. God can speak the word. And if we understand that, God controls the spirit world. Let me say it again. God controls the spirit world the same as he does our natural world. He's still in control of this old world with all this chaos and all this stuff going on. He's still in control. You see, the officer knew that Jesus could just give the command. Understand, he knew who Jesus was. I don't know that he had a great Bible study. I don't know that he tried to learn Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic. I don't know all those things. We don't find that. He was just a centurion, and he had charge of men. But I promise you, he heard about Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? My God, we have to have everything laid out, spelled out. When we just hear about what the Lord is, come on, we're in service like Sunday. Amen. The Spirit of God is moving. He's there. That's the time to tap in. Because just at His Word. Officer knew that. He just gave the command. You understand what he's saying? He's saying, Jesus. I understand. You don't have to physically be there. You don't have to physically touch somebody. Jesus don't have to physically have somebody anoint you and just lay hand. Come on, he don't have to just. It don't have to be physical. If you believe, he came believing. You come believing that the Lord can do it at His word. Come on, we don't need a fire, Holy Ghost service. We don't need the music just right. We don't need everything thumping and bumping. Amen, just at the word of the Lord. Come on, we've got to get that. We've got to get out of this mold of thinking it's got to be this way. It may just be a quiet service. It wasn't no man let down out of out of the roof. There wasn't, you know, there's some great big story, some great big, listen, he just come to him and says, I believe that if you'll just say the word. Because he said it best, I'm not worthy. You see, we add to that in this day and age. I'm not worthy, so the Lord won't do that for me. Come on. Chop that up, throw it out. Come on, wad that up, throw it out, get that out of your mind. Rebuke the devil, say, listen, 
If I just believe God, speak the word, that's all that matters. Well, I was going to come up, Brother Purdue, have you pray for me, but you was busy. And lay you don't need that. I mean, it's great, and we'll do it. And I believe in elders praying for the sick, and I believe those things. But I believe that if you really believe God can do something for you or for your family, no matter where they're at. How many here prayed a long-distance prayer? <laughs> Trust me. Three states away. Yes. How many believe that he hears and he answers? Because when God controls this, we understand it. We understand it. It don't, have to t- it don't take the physical touch of the Lord, amen, to cause, cause that sick servant to be healed. The officer knew that. Why is that? Look at your neighbor and say, perception. Come on, try to say it. Perception. Perception. Look at me. Watch this. It's going to mess something up. Perception is reality. What? The perception. The idea. Look at it. Perception is reality. The way a person sees and comprehends things makes a difference. Proof pudding right here. How this officer, how this man, amen, regarded and seen Jesus made all the difference in the world. What he comprehended, what he perceived Jesus to be, he knew Jesus was a healer. We know Jesus is a healer. We know Jesus is a deliverer. We know Jesus is a way maker. We know nothing's impossible. Do we? Because our perception is reality. If we perceive nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen. If all I can see is the sick, my perception's blurred. Because it really makes no difference whether an object or an idea is true. We believe it is as we perceive it. I've talked to many people over the years, and you probably have too. You talk to them about faith. You talk to them about apostolic, what apostolic means, what apostolic is, what tongues are. And, and they have these ideas and have these ways. They have things that they heard. Uh, and most, most, especially growing up in my day, most just, you know, refer to, oh, you're the one that, you know, believes in dresses and, and suits. And, you know, you can't do this and can't do that. That's the perception. And when that kind of perception's there, nothing can be done. Watch. <clears throat> Let me use an example. Anybody ever wake up in the middle of the night? In the darkness. And I'm not going to get on fear. But you wake up in the night. You see a silhouette or a shadow, and it looks like a human being. Oh, my God, we've been broken into. Somebody's in my room. Come on, how many's had a, how many's, has been awoke of a night and, and, and think you've seen somebody or seen a shadow or a, a figure of a person? Oh, my wife got me. A, I stepped out of our bedroom, go to, go to the bathroom, looked over, and we had a... a a uh, lamp, and s- somehow there was something on it. I thought there was somebody standing right there for sure. 
Now follow me because what we perceive, we're laying there. What happens? Because of what we perceive, we perceive that that shadows somebody. Our adrenaline starts pumping. We start thinking, where's my gun? Or if you're a coward like me, Laura, I mean, I mean. Oh, don't laugh. You sent somebody in a room because you was afraid to go in there before. Look, because we perceive that a shadow is the figure of a person. Our mind goes into action. Our adrenaline starts pumping. Our heart starts racing. All because of what we perceive. Makes no difference when we only see the shadow and we believe it to be a real person. See, we can allow that, you understand? Because perception, you know, and then, of course, yeah, you know, we feel good because that wasn't nobody. Thank you, Jesus. No, the perception is we thought that shadow was a, a, a person, was a human being, was somebody. And in that perception causes us to our mind to go and think. And so we perceive or we think it's really somebody. When it's not somebody, it's a shadow. It's just a figure. We can allow the same in our lives all due to our perception. We can allow the same in the church, amen, and how we treat God by our perception. If we think God is mean, if we don't think God is, come on, if we don't, we, we, all people don't want to say it. We don't think God is fair. Because I've had it said to me when you talk about things in the scripture. Well, why would God that? Or why would God that? Why would he be like, why would, listen, I don't know, I'm not God. So whatever your perception of what God is, is what he is to you. Look at, if he's scary, he's scary to you. Because you don't know him. We've got to know who he is. This man knew Jesus, amen, was a healer and that he could do it. Because listen, we train ourselves to deal with life. We train ourselves. We teach ourselves how to deal with life, to believe what we first perceive is truth. Listen, what I know, I know, and that makes it the truth. That's our perception. And it may not be. It just may be our reality or our truth. I've had all kinds of people all my life misquote the Bible. I've had a lot of convicts that I worked at the prison with that knew and read the Bible all the time. You can read that as a book, but if you don't have an understanding, if you don't start putting it together for the purpose, you can quote Scripture, you can say all you want to, but not have any kind of perception or not know who the Lord really is. Think about it. This man did. Because when you think about truth, when you think about what is our perception of God, actually that's the most important one. What is your perception of God? What's your perception of God? Let me take it a step further. What's your perception of the church? What's your perception of preaching? What's your perception of holiness? What's your perception of how you conduct yourself when you're not here in the building? Oh, yeah. 
Because how we perceive things is how we're going to deal with it as reality. And when we think about it, when it comes down to it, the most important one is how we perceive God. And we need to ask ourselves every once in a while and, and check ourselves because that's the most important one. Because how we see affects everything we say or do. Can I, can I just put this out there? I'm not, I don't know anything about anybody doing anything. Do I have to hear you curse? No. But if you curse, what is your perception is, well, God don't know, or God don't care, or it don't matter. Your perception. Steal a little something, lie a little something, do a little something. What's your perception of what God thinks about that? Not what somebody looks at you, especially if they catch you. But what is God's perception about what you're doing and what you're saying and what our conduct is? Think about it. Because how we perceive it, we'll think we're all right. Well, you know, God, he don't care. Yes, he does. He sure does. Amen. Because God's sovereignty expresses the nature of God as all-powerful and omnipotent. How many knows he's omnipotent? He's all power. Simply put, he's able to accomplish his, somebody shout his, his good pleasure, his will, and keep his holy promises. There's not a person in this room can do that. Me included. I can't keep every promise. I can't keep, I, I mean, you, we think we try to stay in the will of God and everything. Come on, we can't guarantee that. God can. So our perception about some things, we've got to say, hey, wait a minute. I've got to make sure. I've got to make sure it ties to the will of God. I've got to make sure, amen, it ties to his good pleasure. I've got to make sure it ties to the promises of God. So what does sovereignty mean? It means supreme power or authority. Now, let that sink in. God's, God's sovereignty is supreme, supreme power or authority. Look at me. I don't care who you are. I don't care who we think we are. God's word cannot be trumped. I know what the Bible said, but you know, no, no, I don't care. You better stop right there. You better care what the Bible says, and you better care what the word of God says, because it's at God's word, because it was at God's word that he created. He created in the beginning. He spoke. Things happen. Why? Because he is supreme. It's his supreme power. It's his supreme authority. Omnipotent. What does that mean? Having unlimited power. Able to do anything. That's the God we serve. Why are you mad at him? Why do we get frustrated with God? Why do we perceive him as whatever? Come on, he's supreme. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. Mm, this, is, this is hitting somebody, all of us, because he has unlimited power. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, he can take you out. 
He's able to do anything. Now look at your neighbor and say, he's able to heal you. Second Corinthians. You know, this, for some of you, you may have to stretch to tie this together, but I, I, I feel this. Second Corinthians chapter 10, <clears throat> verses 3 through 7, picking up here, the Apostle Paul. For though we walk in the flesh, see, there's that perception. When you see me, what do you see? Come on, there's two, there's, there's two realities here. When you see me, when we see each other, we see flesh and we should see spirit. It should be there. The operation of the spirit, the operation of the Lord, the word of God should be in effect in our life. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not this that we should, amen, be against. For the weapons of our warfare are what? They're not carnal. It's no joke. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Think about it. What's the best way the enemy's using his tactics today is working on the mind of people. Getting people, and especially the people of God, to think things that are not true. To have a perception of things that's just not truth or real. That's what he's doing. But mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing, what's the knowledge of God? That he's supreme. Come on, that he's omnipotent. That he that he is he is he is sovereign. There's nothing. There, there's no other power. There's no other authority. The knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought into obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all. Oh, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. Do you look on these things? After the outward appearance, you know, modern term, you judge a book by its cover. I learned a long time ago. Hey, man, I don't care if you shout and run the aisles. That don't make you exceptional. Thank God you're obedient. Thank God the Spirit of the Lord's moving. But that don't make us anybody. That don't make us more spiritual than somebody that doesn't. But sometimes we look at people and think, well, I've been running this place for I mean, I've been tearing it up. What have you been doing? We do that. <laughs> Think about it. Because we had to bring into captivity every thought to obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, verse 7, do you look on things on the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, you getting this? Our perception should be, listen, as he is in Christ, so are we in Christ. I am somebody, not in Mike Purdue, not in my flesh, but I'm somebody in Jesus Christ. I'm some, come on, I want the devil to know. I'm some, you're worth somebody in the spirit. Because our perception is, I'm not walking in my flesh. I'm not living in this flesh. I'm not allowing my mind, amen, and my flesh to be overtaken with wicked thoughts of perversion. Am I walking in the right perception? 
knowing who is supreme, knowing who is almighty, bringing it to him. Because we engage in a spiritual battle between what, what's evil and our own thought. Come here. Don't raise your hand. How many's had a bad thought this week? Today. More than one. Look at it. But what changes things is our perception of who we are in Christ and what I am. I'm bigger than that. I'm better than that. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Come on, I've got to bring my mind. I've got to bring my thoughts under captivity. Because if I don't, your mama will be talking all that yang. All those by words that we think is okay. What words are you trying to substitute? <laughs> Come on, think about it. Because when we, when we look at what the Lord's doing, His sovereignty, God's supreme power, His absolute authority is over all. God created all things. If we believe God created all things, then guess what? We've got to believe and we have to have the perception if he created all things, he's able to sustain all things. He's able to take care of you even when you ain't able to take care of yourself. Come on, if we will understand who he is, if we have the right perception. Why? Because God's in control of this natural world. God's in control of the spiritual world. God's in control of human history. He's in control of that. God's established covenants. That's what he's done. God has worked redemption. Yes, he has. We know that. Jesus is Lord of all. Some of y'all getting quiet. That's what he is. That's what he's done. That's what he continues to do. Listen, one of the worst things, and please get this, one of the worst things you can do, I can do, one of the worst things we can do is tread on his mercy. God lays mercy in front of us, and what we do? Wipe our nasty, dirty feet right on it. Keep on doing the same thing we always did, what we want to do, act how we want to act. We just right on the mercy of the Lord. Because we've lost the perception of who he is versus who we are. I think I can get by with something. I can't. If God knows our imaginations and our thoughts, you better believe he knows our actions. He knows what we do. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse number three. I'm doing good. Who being in the brightness of his glory, jumping right in the middle of this, and the express image of his person, we talk about Christ. The express image of his person, Christ is all that God would express himself as. 
and upholding all things, how? By the word of his power. How many believe that God said, let there be light? That your Bible says. How many believe that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us? What is that power? Amen. Our perception of who he is, allowing the Holy Ghost and believing that the Holy Ghost will and can lead and guide us if we will allow it. It's not a shadow. It's not something we do. It's not something we just perceive, amen, as being there. Amen. He is absolute. I've said this before. You know this. This is how this preacher believes. By the word of God. The word of God that we have is absolute. There's no variance. It's absolute. And these worldly people that's trying to pick it apart and to try to say it's not relevant and try to say it's outdated and try to say it's old, amen, that's that's nothing new because the devil's tried to do that from the beginning. It's when we cave in and conceive and lose who God is and give up his sovereignty. Amen. We give it up and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe God's not almighty. Maybe he's not all powerful. Maybe he's not all knowing. You know, because if he knows everything, why, is he, why does he allow things to happen like they happen? It's called free will and choice. He gave every one of us free will. You don't have to serve God. You don't. But if you want to make it to heaven, you do. You don't have to do this. If you want to please God, you do. Come on, if you want to answer to God, you will. You see, it's the perception of how we see it. It's what I get. I think somebody said it not too long ago. It's what I get to do for the Lord. Not what I have to do. Not what others think of me and think I should do. It's what I get to do. Come on, I'm thankful tonight, amen. I get to talk about the word of God. I'm thankful I get to preach the word of God. I'm thankful I get to stand on the promises of God. I'm thankful, come on church, I'm thankful tonight I get to defend the word of God. Because it's worth it. Matthew chapter eight again, verse 13, put that back up there. Because when God sustains, what does it mean? God causes to continue. What God created, God sustains, means he causes it to continue to go and to do. God sustains, God strengthens and supports the world by the same, oh, I'm saying this, By the same power he created it with. The same supreme power that he began, mankind, created this world, everything. The same God, the same supreme power is the same one that can sustain us and keep us. The same one that created what are you going through tonight? What are you battling? What, what's, what's, what's your biggest enemy? Usually it's self. 
It usually is. I mean, I know we blame a lot on the devil, but the devil can only control what he puts into our ear and what we, what we are going to believe and what we're going to perceive as truth or, or is there. Or if nothing else, just the shadow. I think they want to harm me. No. I think, no, no, God would never do that. God wants to save you. God wants to deliver us. God wants to keep us. That's his purpose. Because it's his word. In the beginning, what did he do? It was his word. His word was what were created, and his word is what sustained us. You notice that what we read there in Hebrews? Upholding all things by the word of his power. Now think about that. Stand with me, matter of fact. God can heal at any distance. God cannot heal at any distance. God can do whatever we perceive oh, that he's able to do if we believe he's willing to do it. But usually we don't think that he's willing to do it for me. That's why it's easy to pray for somebody else because we believe that he'll do it for them. And sometimes we don't believe it for ourselves. And it's because how we perceive how it looks like it might be. Something's in this room to harm me. No, that was just your perception. It was just a shadow. And when we realize reality, thank you, Jesus. Come on, think about it. In our walk with the Lord, we've got to let the Lord know. And we've got to come in. And here's the thing. We've got to let the enemy know. Come on, I'm, I'm going to ask you again. What's your perception of God? What's your perception of what God wants to do with you and for you? Because I can tell you what the devil wants to do. Kill, steal, and destroy. And, and, and let me say, in some incidences, he's doing a pretty good job to some. I mean, he's destroying them. I mean, he's tearing them down. That's why, young people, your name protected now. Come on, that's why young people protect your name now. Because the enemy wants to destroy you now and make you feel guilty. So as you grow, as you grow up, your imagination and your thoughts are always going to come against you. Why? Well, remember what you did. Remember what you were. It's what he likes to do to keep us down. But when we perceive that God is able and God has delivered us, then guess what? He doesn't have Oh, I feel this. He doesn't have a chance. Let me echo the words before we pray. What did Jesus say to this officer after he confessed and after he says, listen, I don't feel worthy for you to even come to my house under my roof. What did Jesus say? He, did, he said, because he, he told him right out, I mean, right out of the gate before he even said he wasn't worthy. God said, I'm going to come and I'm going to heal I'm going to do it. Now, I don't know about you. For a minute, it'd make me step back and say, I better watch what I say here. Because in my mind, I know I'm not worthy. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't want to tell him that. Because he may not do it. I don't want to stop him from doing it. Because he just said, I'm going to come and do it. But if I don't watch what I say, I may stop him from coming and doing it. No, notice what he said. He, and the Lord, oh, 
The Lord, knew, the Lord already knew anyway. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. And the last thing that Jesus said to him, he said, listen, you go your way. And as you then believe, when you leave here as you've believed, it's going to happen. It's going to take place. So be it done. Come on, lay your hand on your heart right now. I feel just a little bit of resistance spiritually, not personally, spiritually. The devil would like to make you resist what God wants to do. Sunday, I believe, I believe with all my heart, Sunday that God is definitely going to do something, going to do miracles. There's just something, some great things is going to happen. Some haven't really grabbed onto it yet. I don't know. It don't matter. Don't matter the distance. Don't matter the purpose. He says, listen, as you have believed, what you take away from here is what's going to make it happen because you've already said it. I don't have to be there, but your faith. And then think about it. He tells the church of that day, Israel. He tells the people of God. He tells those. He said, listen, isn't it sad that you all ain't getting this? No greater faith in all of Israel than what this officer just. Come on. Because if we understand In Hebrews, when the apostle said, he sat down at the right hand. Come on, sitting down is just a symbolic way of letting us know it's finished. It's done. He says the right hand, come on, we know that's symbolic of power, of authority. Place of honor. How I perceive Jesus. He wasn't just some man. He just wasn't just some per person. He didn't just come and take up time. Amen. Make history. He was God manifest in the flesh. Everything about Christ is to be honored. Why? Because he is the supreme. The spirit of God that spoke and created and he's sustaining you and I this very, this very hour, this very moment. He's doing it. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. Because your perception is going to create your reality. What you believe and what you think is going to cause you Come on, that's why, that's why I tell people all the time, just stop saying I love the Lord.